Parshas Bo. Rashi tells us that the night of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, when Hashem wanted to redeem the Jewish people, we were a bit in trouble. And that is because the Navi Yecheskel tells us, Va'erech, Vihine itech eis doidim. The Yibbam Shem looks down at Klai Yisrael and it was eis doidim, a time of love. Which means Hashem was wanted to inspire and arouse His love for Klai Yisrael. And He wanted to take us out of Mitzrayim. He wanted to fulfill the promise He made to Avraham Avinu. There's one problem, problem though. And that is, says Rebbein Hashem, V'at Eiroin area. We were naked and bare. Which means we had no mitzvahs. We know Klai Yisrael Mitzrayim, they had fallen to the Memtesh Shari Tumah. They had fallen to the 49th level of impurity. Had they remained in Egypt for one moment longer, they would have fallen to the point of no return. And in order for God to redeem the Jewish people, He needed to give us mitzvahs to allow us to be worthy of the Gula. And therefore God gave us two mitzvahs. Dam Pesach, the blood of the Pesach sacrifice, Vidam Mila, and the blood of Ris Mila. So if I were to ask you, when did Klal Yisrael circumcise themselves in Mitzrayim? Not when they were eight days old, but rather they circumcised themselves the night before they left. Right? It doesn't make for easy travel, but that's what happened. Klal Yisrael circumcised themselves the night of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Rashi says explicitly in number one, about eight lines down, Shemalu ba'isai halayla, they circumcised themselves on that night, and in the merit of the blood of Mila, combined with the merit of the blood of the Pesach, Klal Yisrael were zocha to leave Mitzrayim, that's why we say at the bris Mila, So, the question we have to ask ourselves, is that we're probably all familiar with the halacha, that if someone has a bris Mila not on the eighth day, you can't do it on Shabbos, and you can't do it on Yom Tif. Uh, let's say for some uh, reason, if uh, a child did not have his bris milah, at the right time, you can't circumcise a child on Shabbos or Yom Tif. So these grown men who are having their circumcision the night of Pesach, how were they allowed to do it? It was Yom Tif. And on Yom Tif it's also bin Malacha. You're not allowed to circumcise. Uh, it's not, if it was the eighth day, fine. But it's not the eighth day. It was Mila Shleibismana. So it's Mila Shleibismana. How were they allowed to do it the night of Pesach? It's Yamtif. You can't do Mila Shleibismana on Yamtif. That is question number one. You have, uh, along with your Marmachimus, you have a sheet that should say on it ten questions, okay? We don't want to confuse anyone. We're going to have a lot of questions. The good news is there are ten questions, there's only one answer, okay? So that, that will make it a lot simpler. So question number one is, how could Mila Shaloi Bismana be Doche Yamtif? Question number two. There's a Pasuk in Kaihelas. Now there are, some of you may have the updated second edition of the Maramakaimis. And in the second edition of the Maramakaimis, it says that uh, there's a Medrash in number three, Kaihelas Rabba, it's Parsha Yud Aleph, Oisheh. And the Medrash says the following. There's a Pasuk in Kaihelas that says, Ten Chelek Leshiva Vegam Leshmaina. Give a portion on the 7th and also the 8th. What is this referring to? Says the Medrash in Kohelis Rabbah. Rabbi Azar Yoimer. Ten chilek l'shiva. What does it mean, give a portion on the 7th? Zedar shemal Moshe l'shiva. In the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu, they circumcised the babies on the 7th day. 
What does it mean? Ten chilek l'shmayna give a portion for the eighth. In the generation of Yehoshua ben Nun, they circumcise on the eighth day. Now that makes sense to us, right? Mm-hmm. From time immemorial, mila is always done on the eighth day, right? What's the halach if you do mila on the seventh day? Not a good bris. You gotta, you gotta do it again. The only thing is, right? You can only do it once. So you have to do hatav asdam bris. Mila on the seventh day is not a kosher mila. So what's the Medrash talking about? In the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, they did Mila on the seventh day? Does that make any sense? I mean, you look in Parshish Lachacha, it says explicitly, Uven Shemayin Asyamim, Yimolachem, Besar, right? Kol Zachar. So what's the Medrash talking about? Then the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, they did Mila on the seventh day? How could they do Mila? Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't know the Torah? Of course you have to do Mila on the eighth day. Okay. So this is the question of the Panim Yafais. Panim Yafais was... Anybody know who the Panim Yafais is? The Hafla. Rav Pinchas Harowit, the Rebbe of Sam Seifer. So he asked this question. Another question. You ever hear, there was once upon a time, there was a man by the name of Avraham Avinu. Right? Sound familiar? And Avraham Avinu was a really great Jew. He kept the whole Torah before it was given. Right? Which means he sat in the sukkah, and he ate matzah, and he didn't wear shatnas, and he didn't speak Lashon Hara. And you know what else he did? He must have kept Shabbos. Because it says, the Gemara tells us in Mesech the Chesam and Beis, Avram Avinu kept the whole Torah. But I don't understand. How is Avram Avinu allowed to keep Shabbos? A guy that keeps Shabbos is Chayiv Misa. So Avram Avinu, oh, he wants to keep a chumrah, right? You know these people, they're very into chumras, right? They have to say the pitamak tyrus after davening. Wonderful! But they have to do it on Shabbos. They don't have it. So they'll go out, they'll go to the store, they'll buy a pen, and they'll write on a piece of paper the pitamak tyrus, so they'll be machalo Shabbos Or people, they want to go to shul, so what do they do? They drive to shul. So they're machalo Shabbos, you don't have to go to shul. I'm sure. You sir, I mean, you should, but to drive to shul, go to shul. So what's Avram Avinu doing? He's keeping Shabbos? Why is he keeping Shabbos? Who asked him to keep Shabbos? So he wants to do an extra Chumrah and keep Shabbos? But that's one of the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noyach. We know, aside from the seven Noachide laws, there are two other things a guy is not allowed to do. He's not allowed to learn Torah, and he's not allowed to keep Shabbos. So what's Avram Avinu doing? He's being machmir by keeping Shabbos at the expense of violating one of the Noachide laws. A guy that keeps Shabbos is Chayiv Misa. It's not just, he's not obligated to keep Shabbos. He's not permitted to keep Shabbos. A guy that keeps Shabbos is Chayiv Misa. So what's Avinu doing? What's he doing? Very interesting. Where in the Chumash does it say a guy is not allowed to keep Shabbos? Does anybody know? So, you know, if you've been coming to the Shiram long enough, you should guess the next number, right? That's always the... Good way to come up with the answer. The, in Parshas Nayach, in number six, the Pasuk says, I'd call you Meha'aretz, for the history of mankind, Zera, Vakatsi, Vakar, Vachaim, the Kayetz, Vacharif, the Yoim, Velaila, Loyishbaisu. You're not allowed to rest day and night. From here, the Gemara derives in Sanhedrin and Chesam and Beis, a non Jew, a Gentile, is not permitted to rest on Shabbos. Now, it doesn't mean he can't take a nap. It doesn't mean he can't take a vacation. He can't refrain from malacha on Shabbos. It's an Isser Doi Raisa. If a non-Jew would keep Shabbos, it would be considered a capital offense. 
And the punishment would be capital punishment. Yeah? For a guy to keep Shabbos, it's like killing. It's like adultery. It's like idol worship. So what's Avram Avinu doing? He wants to keep Shabbos? You're not allowed to keep Shabbos. And furthermore, if you look in the Gemara in Sanhedrin Nunches, Gemara says a very interesting thing. Look at number 7. A guy that rests on Shabbos is Chayav Misa. And the Gemara cites the Pasuk. <coughs> says the Gemara, Not only if a guy keeps Shabbos, on Saturday is he Chayav Misa, but if a guy keeps Shabbos any day of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, let's say on a Thursday, he says, you know, I want to keep Shabbos today. I'm not going to write. I'm not going to turn on the light. I'm not going to drive my car. I'm not going to text. Nothing. A guy that keeps Shabbos any day of the week is Chayev Misa. But it's very interesting that if you look in the Gemara, Ravina says, even Monday. Why does he pick Monday? I mean, if he wants to say, even if he keeps Shabbos on a day of the week, he should say what? The first available day, Sunday. What does he have with Monday? You know, what, Martin Luther King Day? Well, what's, what's he trying to say about even Monday? He should say, even a weekday or even Sunday, Vos Epis, he jumps to Monday. This is also the question of the Hafla in the Sefer Panam Yafais on Parashas Nayach. Okay. We come, so that is question number three. You got it? So far we have three questions, right? So you can read on your sheets. Question number one, we want to know how is Mila Shalai Bismana Yamtif. We want to know why in the, in the generation of, Av- of Moshe Rabbeinu did they do Mila on the seventh day? How was Avraham Avinu permitted to keep Shabbos? And why does Ravina choose Monday? Okay? Yeah. Let's continue. Rashi in this week's parsha. Okay, it says about the current Pesach, You're not going to leave it over till the morning. And whatever is left over till the morning, you should burn in fire. Right? Now, I don't understand this Pasuk. Well, the Chumash hasn't picked up on the concept of pronoun yet. I mean, why? I would, if I was, it's like saying, Sam, I'm going to pick on you. You ready? Sam Daniel's, Daniel came to the Shira tonight. Sam Daniel drove in his car. I should say, right? What's the question? Question I should say, Sam Daniel came to the share. I should say, he drove in his car. We got the name already. You know, we, we have the name. We got that down. Once we have the name, we could say he. We could use a pronoun. So why does the Chumash say, Don't leave it over to the morning. So say, Whatever's left over, Burn in a fire. Why does it say, Don't leave it over to the morning. And whatever is left until the morning... Burn in a fire. We got the picture already. We know we're talking about the morning. Say, don't leave it over to the morning, and whatever's left over, burn in a fire. Says Rashi. Rashi says like this. <clears throat> Had the Torah just wrote, don't leave it over till the morning, what does morning mean? What's the definition of morning? Let's... Not 10 a.m., right? Let's... The definition of morning is... So Rashi says, had the Torah just say the morning, I would think, don't leave it over till Nates. Nates is sunrise. So the Torah says, an extra morning to say no, move it up. 
Don't even leave it over till Alois HaShachar. Alois HaShachar is when you're able to see the light on the eastern horizon even before the actual orb of the sun is above the horizon. That's what Rashi says. Had it just said Baikar once, I would think it means Neitzachama. So therefore it says Baikar a second time to push up the morning. So everybody asks on Rashi, excuse me, if it would just say Baikar one time, you would think it means Neitzachama? Nowhere in Kal HaToyra Kula does morning mean Neitzachama. Morning always means Aloysa HaShachar. Right? Morning always means Aloysa HaShachar. From when could you read the Megillah in the morning? Aloysa HaShachar, Midairaisa. If necessary, you could say Kriyashima. If necessary, you could Davin. If necessary, everything Medai Raisa, biblically, is from Alois HaShachar. So what's Rashi saying? Had it just said, Baikar, I would have thought it meant Neitzachama. No, I wouldn't have. If you ever learned one blad of Gemara in your life, you would know that the definition of mourning in Halacha is Neitzachama, is Alois HaShachar. Everybody knows Baikar is Alois HaShachar. Neitzachama is only a safeguard. We don't want you to... Do it before because you might do it during the evening, so we say do it a little bit later. But what's Rashi saying? Had it just said Baikar, I would have thought it meant Neitzachama. Not if you know anything. So this is the question of the Sif Chachamim and the question of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky in the Sefer M.S. Liyakri. Okay? So that was question number five. Okay. We move on. Okay. The Torah says, okay, I'm going to take a poll, so listen very carefully. The Torah says in this week's parsha, Perak Yerbeis Pasuk Yerches, Barishain in the first month of the Jewish year, Biarba Asar Yom Lachodesh Ba'erev on the fourteenth day of the month at night, Teichlu Matzos. You should eat matzos. Raise your hand if you eat matzos on the fourteenth night of Nisan. What? Are you Jewish? You eat matzah on the 14th? The answer is we don't. No, we're not allowed to. We eat matzah on the 15th. It's a trick, right? And we eat matzah on when? The 15th. Everybody knows Passover is the 15th of Nisan. So did we miss something? I mean, uh, did we read, maybe we forgot to read the Chumash. That's not what the Chumash says. The Chumash says openly, you know when you eat matzah? The night of the 14th. There is not one Jew in the entire world in the history of the world, whoever ate matzah the night of the 14th of, Pes- of Nisan. Never happened. So what's the Chumash talking about? But that's not what the Chumash says. The Chumash says, you know when you eat matzah? The 14th. The 14th. The 14th of Nisan, we eat matzah. That's not what we do. And even more. Look, look carefully at the Pasuk. Barishan on the first month. This on the 14th of the month. in the evening. Now, it's very interesting. We find the same thing by Yom Kippur. By Yom Kippur it says, Batisha Lachoydesh Ba'erev on the 9th of the month in the evening. You should fast. Yeah? You need to fast. Does anybody fast on the 9th of Tishrei? Nobody fasts on that. You fast on the 10th of Tishrei. And yet the Torah says, On the 9th of the month in the evening, you should fast. You should fast. So the Gemara asks the question, you don't fast on the 9th of Tishrei, and what does the Gemara answer? Anyone who eats on the 9th of Tishrei, it's as if he fasted the 9th and the 10th. 
So the Gemara addresses this question. That even though the Torah is giving us the wrong date for, for Yom Kippur, it doesn't mean you should fast, it means you should eat. And yet nowhere in the Gemara does the Gemara ask, why are you supposed to eat mass on the 14th? It has, to, it has to be the 15th. Why doesn't the Gemara ask that question? Okay. That was question number six. Question number seven. There is a pasuk in Sefer Yehoshua that said the following. That says the following. When the Jewish people entered the land of Israel, they were not allowed to eat <coughs> from the new pro- produce until they brought the carbon omer. Right? You know what the carbon omer is? On the second day of Pesach, right? You bring a special offering from the new grain that permits you to eat from the new crop, the carbon omer. That's why we count Sfiras HaOmer. So it says, I need complete silence, please. So the Pasuk says, Mimachras HaPesach, they ate the produce. It says, it says the following, Ve'achlu me'avor ha'aretz, Mimachras HaPesach. They ate the produce of the land from the day after Pesach. So what do the words, Mimachras HaPesach mean? What does that mean, from the day after Pesach? When do they eat the new produce? So we would read it to mean, What's Pesach? The first day of Pesach. They started to eat the new produce the next day, the 16th of Nisan. Now, Mimachas HaPesach means the day after the first day of Pesach. So, Taisvis, the Masech the Kedushin, quotes a Rishon that he rarely quotes, who quotes the Ibn Ezra, who asks, that's not what Mimachas HaPesach means. Because if you look in Parshas Masay, it says, Mimachas HaPesach, from the day after Pesach, Yatsu Me'eretz Mitzrayim, they left the land of Egypt. Now what day did we leave Egypt? The 16th of Nisan? No. Mimachas HaPesach Lir means the day after we shechted the carbon Pesach. So Taisus asks from the Ibn Ezra, if Mimachras HaPesach in Chumash means the day after the slaughtering of the carbon Pesach, which means the 15th of Nisan, then how do we know that in Navi, when it says, V'yachlu me'avor ha'aretz, that means the day after the first day of Pesach, maybe it means they ate the new grain the day after the slaughtering of the carbon Pesach. I mean, how could Mimachas HaPesach mean two different things? In the Chumash it means the 15th of Nisan, the day after the Shechit of the carbon Pesach, and in the Navi it means Mimachas HaPesach, the day after the first day of Pesach, the 16th of Nisan. That's the question of the Ibn Ezra quoted by Tysus. Okay, that is question number seven. Okay, got it? Question number eight, take a look on your sheets at number 19. <clears throat> Where does it say that? Agada, right? I might think, I might think what from Rosh Chaydash? I might think a person could fulfill the mitzvah of Sipor Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim relating the events of Mitzrayim from Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Comes a Torah and it says, no, on that day, you can't start from Rosh Chodesh, you have to do it on that day. So the Haggadah continues. If it would say that day, I would think you could do it during the day. What does that mean? Which day? The 14th of Nisan. I would think you could be Mekayim 
Sipur Yitzhiya Smitzayim, the 14th of Nisan. Talmud Laimah, therefore the Torah says, Ba'avur Zeh, because of this. What does that mean? That you can only fulfill the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiya Smitzayim when you have Zeh. What's Zeh? Pesach, Matzah, and Marah. So you would think you could fulfill the mitzvah of Sipur by Yoimahu on that day? Comes the Torah and says, no, Ba'avur Zeh, you have to do it at night. So comes Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, who was uh, Rosh Shiva of Shiva Tarvadas, one of the Gdolei Hadar of the last generation. And he asks, so then it comes out the Pasuk is self contradictory. What does Bayoim Hahu mean? That day. Which day? The 14th. And then it says Bavurzeh. Bavurzeh refers to what? When you have the Pesach Matzumar, which means the night of the 15th. So how do you read the Pasuk? It says, Bayoim Hahu, Bavurzeh. Bayamah is the 14th, Bavurzeh is the 15th, so what are you going to do? You go crazy. Yeah? How do you read the Pasuk? Bayoimahu, Hu, Bavurzeh. I mean, if it would have just said Bayoimahu, what would that mean? The 14th. So Bavurzeh says, no, it's the 15th. So then what do you do with Bayoimahu? If you're, if you're following the words Bavurzeh, Bavurzeh means when you're eating the, the Pesach Matzah Mara, which is the night of the 15th, that's not Bayoimahu anymore. That's a different calendar day. Okay, now we come to some easier questions. Some of, the, some of these questions are a little difficult to uh, grasp, that's why we have them on the sheet. You'll take them home, and next Wednesday, you know, hopefully you'll be ready for the test, right? Okay. <clears throat> Kiddush, Shabbos day, is called what? Kiddusha Rabbah, the great Kiddush. What's so great about it? Herring, right? Potato, what's so great about Kiddush? Actually, the Friday night Kiddush is much more important. Friday night Kiddush, the Kiddush is Midai Raisa, it's biblical. Shabbos day Kiddush is only Drabana and a Minog. So why do we call it Kiddusha Rabbah, the great Kiddush? So the Ran himself says, it's Lashon Sagi Nahar. You know what Sagi Nahar means? You have someone who's blind. So in Hebrew, it's considered not polite. And Lashon Sagi not polite to say the person is blind. So what do you say? He's Sagi Nahar. He has a lot of light. But it's really a euphemism. It's really just the opposite. He can't see anything. So really, Kiddush, it should be Kiddusha Zuta, it should be a little Kiddush. It's not an important Kiddush. It's really a Shvacha Kiddush. But we don't want to call it a Shvacha Kiddush, so we say Kiddusha Rabbah. Yeah? Kiddusha Rabbah. So if Yaakov Kamenetsky said, nah, that can't be the reason. That's the reason it's called Kiddusha Rabbah? It's a Lashon Sagi Nahar? No, he's not going to accept that. And finally, back to Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu enacted a very important thing. Yeah? It's called Tfilas. Shachris. And Yitzchak enacted a very important thing. It's called Tfilas Mencha. And Yaakov Avinu was Masakin Arvit. Marav. I don't understand something. They were Jewish, right? They... Now, according to the Jewish calendar, first comes night, and then comes day. Right? Well, how do you keep Shabbos? Friday night, and then day. How do you keep Pesach? Night, and then day. So why exactly did Avram Avinu, what took him so long... What was he doing during the night that he was masaking Shachris? What happened to Marav? He forgot about the evening prayers. He should, Avram should have been masaking Marav. Yitzchak should have been masaking Shachris. And Yaakov should have been masaking Mincha. Why are they doing it backwards? 
Avraham Shachris, Yitzchak Mincha, and Yaakov Avinu back to Marav? That doesn't make sense. Okay, so these are our ten questions. Let's just, uh, we'll give you the executive summary, right? Question number one, we wanted to know, how could Klai Yisrael do Mila the night of Pesach? It was Mila Shalai Bismana, it's not Doichayam. Question number two, why in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu did they do Mila on the seventh day? Question number three, how was Avram Avinu permitted to keep Shabbos, Goy, Shashavas, Chayiv, Misa? Question number four, why is Ravina saying that, you know, not only Shabbos, but even Monday? Why is he picking on Monday? Question number five, why does Rashi say, had it just said Boiker one time, it would mean Neitzachama? No, it wouldn't. It would mean Alois HaShachar. Question number six, why does the Torah say, eat matzah on the 14th day of Nisan? Why is there a contradiction in the words Mimachas HaPesach? In the Navi means the day after <coughs> the Karben Pesach. In the Chumash means the day after the first day of Pesach. Why? How do you read the Pasuk? Bayoy Mahu Bavarzeh, Bayoy Mahu is the 14th, Bavarzeh is the 15th. Why is it called Kiddush Rabbah? And how do we understand how Avram Avinu was Masakin Shachras and not Marev? Okay? Those are the questions. For the answer, we come to a tremendous yisoid, a tremendous principle in Jewish uh, yediyos. And this concept is advanced by the uh, Hafla, Rabbi Pinchas Horowitz, the Rebbe of the Chassam Seifer, as well as Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. And they both say the following. And that is, even though we all know that the night comes before the day, that is only after the Torah was given. Before the Torah was given... First came the day, and then came the night. So where do we get this from? How do we know this? It says, look at the Pasuk. Turn back on your sheets to number 6. Hashem tells Nayach, Yaim v'alayla lo yishpaisu. Day, and then night. Before the Torah was given, first came the day, then came the night. The concept of night preceding the day is only after the Torah was given. Before the Torah was given, first came the day, and then came the night. So says the Hafla, how was Avraham Avinu allowed to keep Shabbos? We'll start with that question first. The prohibition of a guy keeping Shabbos is Yom Valayla Lo Yishpaisu. You're now to rest day followed by the night. But Avraham Avinu never did that. He did Malacha up until Hadlakas Ner Shabbos. He did Malacha immediately after Havdalah. What Avram Avinu kept was night and then day. He wasn't violating Yom Valayla La Yishpaisu. Because for a Ben Noyach, the definition of a day is day and then night. Avram Avinu kept Shabbos and he desecrated Shabbos at the same time. How? He kept night and then day. He kept the Jewish Shabbos. He didn't keep the non Jewish Shabbos. So says the Hafla, why did Ravina pick Monday? Because Monday is the first day of the week. So you say, what? I thought Sunday was the first day of the week. No, not when you're talking about Shabbos. Because what's the non-Jewish Shabbos? Shabbos day followed by Matzah Shabbos, which is Sunday. So what's the first available time to keep Shabbos after Shabbos day and then Matzah Shabbos? Sunday day, Sunday night, which is Yom Shani. 
That's why Ravina says, not only if you keep Shabbos, but even if you keep Yom Sheni. So that's why don't you keep Yom Rishon? Yom Rishon is Shabbos for the, for the Bnei Noyach. Because for a Ben Noyach, the definition of Shabbos is Shabbos day followed by Matzah Shabbos. Says the Hafla, if a guy rests Friday night and then Shabbos day, he has not violated Yom Valayla, <coughs> The violation, because for a Ben Noyach, it's not night and then day, it's day and then night. Never That's what he says. Yeah. Why is that called Yom Rishon? That night. It's talking to us. Ravina's telling us even a guy who kept Yom Sheni is Chayav Misa. But I think we don't pass him that way. That a convert before he converts uh, violates Shabbos. <laughs> this is the opinion of the Hafla. Comes along the Hafla, and he says the following. It's a contradiction. In Navi, when we say Mimachras HaPesach, it means what? The day after the first day of Pesach. And in Chumash, it means the day after the Shechita of the Karim Pesach. How could it mean two different things? Says the Hafla, there is no contradiction whatsoever. When you read your Chumash in Parshas Masih, and it says Mimachras HaPesach, they left Mitzrayim. You know what Pesach means? The eating of the Karim Pesach. When do they eat the carbon Pesach? The night of the 15th. But before the Jewish people got the Torah, the night of the 15th, which we call the night of the 15th, was really not the night of the 15th. It belonged to the day before the 14th. Because before the Torah was given, a night doesn't start the new day. A night is a continuation of yesterday. So when do they eat the Pesach? The night of the 14th, really. If we would be making the calendar, we would call it the night of the 15th. But for Goyim, it was the night of the 14th. So when the Torah says, they left Mitzrayim Mimachas HaPesach, it means the day after the Achila, the Karim Pesach, they left Mitzrayim. But in Sefer Yoshua, when it says they ate Me'avor Haaretz Mimachas HaPesach, it means the exact same thing. But to Yehoshua, the day they ate the Karim Pesach was the 15th. The day after that is the 16th. So it's not a contradiction. Mimachas HaPesach means the day after Achilas Karim Pesach. Before the Torah was given, the Achilas Karim Pesach was the 14th. After the, Kar- the, the Torah was given, that same date became the 15th. You hear what the Hafla is saying? That we tend to view a night, let's say tonight. We say, oh, tonight a new day already started. That's only because the Torah was given and the Torah says... The night begins the day. Before the Torah was given, first came the day, and then came the night. Yeah. Why does everybody ask by Oh, we'll get to that. Good question, we'll get to that. Says Ahafla, you know why in the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu they did Mila on the seventh day? Very simple. Let's say a baby was born Sunday night. So a baby is born Sunday night. When do they do Brith Mila? Sunday. Wait, do we do it? Sunday. No. You said Sunday night. Yeah. Oh, Sunday. Yeah. A baby was born on a Sunday night. We do Mila on Monday, the next Monday. Sunday night, Monday is one. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday, Monday. We do Mila on Monday, the eighth day. But in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, before the Torah was given, when the baby was born on Sunday night, Sunday night was yesterday. Monday morning is already day two. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday. They did it in what we would consider the seventh day. 
But to Moshe it was the eighth day. Why? Because to Moshe Rabbeinu, the day began with the morning and not the evening. And that is why in the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu, they did Brismila on day number seven. Says the Hafla. Okay, so so far we've answered question number three, question number four, question number seven, question number two. Let's move on a little bit. Why does the Torah tell us to eat matzah the night of Pesach, which is the 14th of Nisan? Because in that generation, who they were leaving Mitzrayim, the, fourth, the night of the 14th of Nisan is what we consider the 15th. Because that night was part of the previous day. Because before the Torah was given, the day began with the morning and then the evening. So in fact, when the Torah says, That means the 15th of Nisan in our calculations. That's how Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky explains it. So now let's try this. How were Klal Yisrael allowed to do bris milah the night of Pesach? But it was Mila Shalai Bizmana. And Mila Shalai Bizmana, Mila at the wrong time, is not Doche Yamtif. The answer is, it wasn't Yamtif. It wasn't Yamtif. Because Yamtif is Pesach. And Pesach starts on the 15th of Nisan. And the night before, before the Torah was given, wasn't Pesach. You hear that? That means they ate the Karim Pesach, and they did Yisipur Yisipur Yisraim, not on Pesach. It wasn't Pesach. The Isser Malacha of don't do Malacha on the 15th did not begin until the morning. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Why is Kiddush called Kiddusha Rabbah? Because when Klal Yisrael would keep Shabbos before the Torah was given at Marah, which was the main Kiddush? The Shabbos morning Kiddush was the main Kiddush. The Iker Shabbos before the Torah was given was Shabbos day, followed by Matzah Shabbos. That was Shabbos. Friday night was nothing. Friday night was, you know, regular night. <coughs> Matzah Shabbos was Shabbos before the Torah was given. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, I'll prove it to you. Because we say every Shabbos something called Mizmar Shir Liyayim HaShabbos. Who wrote Mizmar Shir Liyayim HaShabbos? What does the Gemara say in Baba Basra? Moshe Rabbeinu wrote Mizmar Shilia Mashabbos. There's a Medrash that says Adam. The Gemara says Moshe. So Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about Shabbos. What does Moshe have to say about Shabbos? Lehagid Baboiker Chastecha. First, you relate Hashem's Chesed in the morning of Shabbos. Then Munascha Balela. says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Shabbos in the Tzrayim was day and then night. Friday night was nothing. Friday night was nothing. That's why it's called Kiddusha Rabbah. Because the Iker Kiddush was Shabbos day. So now listen to this. <clears throat> Let me ask you the following question. This question is raised by the Yushami. <clears throat> you have something called Bein Hashmashos, right? When the day turns into night, you have something called like a twilight period. You don't know... Is it day? Is it night? In between? Suffolk? Sake of the... Right? What exactly is it? Between Shkia, right? And Tzayseh we have something called Benash Mashos. You don't know, is it day? Is it night? What is it? <gasps> so the Yushami wants to know, why don't we have the same thing in the morning? Why don't we say in the morning that between the night and the new day, there should be like this, you know, 
buffer zone. There should be a twilight period. Not twilight, you know, twi-night or something. We should have Ben Hashemoshos between Laila and Yom. Why is it that when it comes to the morning, one moment it's night, and the next second it's day, and when it comes to evening, there's this like 13 and a half minute period, we don't know, is it day, is it night, you know, Suffolk, yeah, no, you could do this, you can't do that. Why is that? That's the question of the Yushalmi. And the Yushalmi gives the following answer. You ready for the answer? Because if you want to move on to the next calendar date, you need to be absolutely certain you've left the earlier date. In other words, when does the calendar date change? When you move on from the day to the new night. Because in Judaism, the day, the new calendar date, starts when? In the nighttime. So if you're going to move from day to night, and you're going to write on your calendar, you know, X off the date, the day is over, you have to be absolutely certain that the day has passed. That's why you have to get yourself out of what we call this twilight period. But in the morning, what's the difference really? It's night, it's day, you're not moving on to a new calendar date anyway. It's, you know, it doesn't really matter that much, is it night or day? So therefore we, we could say definitively, it's night, and the next second it's day. That's the answer of the Yushami. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, before the Torah was given, what we call Bein Hashemoshos, this buffer zone had to exist not between day and night, but between night and day. Because what would move you on to the next calendar date? Proceeding from the night to the day. So therefore Rashi says, had it just said Boiker one time, I would have been forced to say it's the later time of Neitzach Hama. Ah, in Kol Kula, it's the earlier time of Alois HaShachar. That's after the Torah was given. After the Torah was given, once you get to Alois HaShachar, the morning has begun. Once the Torah is given, right? Alos HaShachar is where we're ready to say definitively it's a new day. Before the Torah was given, we're not ready to move on to the next calendar date until Neitzach Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, why was Avraham Avinu Masakein Shachris? He should have been Masakein Mariv. So the answer should be very simple by now. Right? You should all understand on your own that before the Torah was given, the day began in the morning. So Avram Avinu was Masakein Shachris, Yitzchak was Masakein Mincha, Yaakov was Masakein Mariv. Not only that, you know, that, that time of Avraham Avinu, they were uh, worshipping the sun. Okay. So, okay, good. Was worshiping, worshiping the sun as well, so. so now what we have to ask ourselves is what's the logic of all this? Why does it make sense that after the Torah was given, why should it matter? Why should it change? The Torah doesn't say anything that now that the Torah is given, it's night and then day. And it doesn't say anything that beforehand, it was day and then night. And why does you, what's the logic that before the Torah was given, first begins the day and then comes the night? After all, like Reb Bernie was asking, right? It says, Vahi Erev, Vahi Baiker. The Chumash says openly, first comes evening and then comes morning. So Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky says, Ga'inus. Tremendous answer. Listen to this. Adam Arishon. Right? Remember him? You're Elta Elta Zeda. 
Right? You look like him a little bit. Right? Adam Arishon, he was created on which day of creation? Friday. 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 Now there's a machlokis in the Gemara. Did God create the world in Nisan or did he create it in Tishrei? We say on every Rosh Hashanah, Zeh Hayoim Tchilas Ma'asecha. Today, Rosh Hashanah is the first day of creation. Is that true? Rosh Hashanah is the first day of creation? No. So Taisa says, Rabbi Yehoshua, who said the world was created in Nisan, he would say the first day of creation is the first day of Nisan, not Rosh Hashanah. So Taisa says, this is going according to Rabbi Lazar, that the world was created in Tishrei. But still, it's not the first day of creation. The first day of creation is what? Chaf So why do we say on Rosh Hashanah, today is the first day of creation? It's actually the sixth day of creation. The answer is, creation did not have any meaning until Adam Arishon stood foot on this world. So when Adam Arishon was standing on terra firma, that is when creation happened. Now let's think for a minute. Let's think for a minute. Adam Arishon, when was he created? In the morning, the first hour, God took the, duh, the, the mud and He formed it together and He mixed it. And in the fifth hour, Omar Adam al-Raglav, Adam Arishon stands on his feet. <coughs> is it day outside or is it night outside? Day. It's day. So Adam Arishon, he's standing, he sees daylight. Then is the night. So Adam Arishon says, that's day one. How is he counting it? Day and then night. Day and then night. Day and then night. Aye, but the Chumash says, Evening and then morning. Evening and then morning. The world hasn't been created yet. What do you mean it hasn't been created? Other Rishon's walking around. The world is dependent on the sixth day of Sivan. In other words, the world has not been created until the sixth day of Sivan, right? That's why it says, um, says Rashi, says Chazal, Yom Hashishi means the world is, you know, has not solidified. The world has not gained any real intrinsic meaning until the sixth day of Sivan when Hashem gave the Torah to the Jewish people. At which point the world really exists. And Hashem says, now you could count the way I intended at creation. But until the Torah was given, Adam Arishan comes out onto this planet, he sees day, he then sees night. That's how you define a day. Yom, Laila. That's why the Pasuk says in Parashat Noach, Yom, Valaila, Lo Yishvaisu. So until the Torah was given, it's day and then night. Once the Torah was given, Hashem says, now I feel the world has been created. Once the world is created, you follow the system of creation. What is the system of creation? Erev and Bajra. This is the approach of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. This is the approach of the Hafla. Before the Torah was given, you had day, you had night. Yom Valayla lo Yishbaisu. Adam Arishon comes out into this world, he sees the daylight, then the sun sets. And not until the Torah is given do we follow the system of Vayhi Erev, Okay? Hopefully this answered um, the questions that we had. Does everybody agree with this? No. No, of course not. Comes along the Shalas Tshuva's Binyan Siyan of Rav Yaakov Etlinger. Rav Yaakov Etlinger, the author of the Arach Laner, 
And he says, with all due respect to, you know, when a rabbi hears the words, all due respect, you run for your life, right? <laughs> with all due respect, Kvaidai b'mekaymai munach, to the Reish Pei, Reish Pei stands for a Pinchas, the Pira Pinchas Harowitz, says, this is against the Gemara. This is against the Gemara. Because the Gemara says the following, that when it comes to the halachos of Oisai v'yes you know what Oisai v'yes means? If you have a sheep, you can't shecht, can't slaughter the mommy sheep and the baby sheep on the same day. So how do you determine the same day? Let's say you shecht the mother at night. Could you shecht the baby in the morning? Or do you say, no, it's a new day, so you could do it. So the Gemara says, the Mishnah on Chulanda, Pei Gimel, number 39, the Mishnah says the following, We learn out from the creation of the world, just like the creation of the world was night and then day, so too, when it comes to the Halacha of Osav Yisbeno, it's night and then day. So the Rabbin Yansian says, we see very, very clearly from here, that from the time of creation, it was Vayhi Erev, Vayhi Voiker. Now, according to this logic that we supplied from Yaakov Kamenetsky, this may not be a question at all, but this is the opinion of, of the Arch Lener. And the Arch Lener says, like, like this, from where did the Hafla derive? From where did we derive? That before the Torah was given, it's Yom and then Laila, it's day and then night. There's a Pasuk in Noach that says, Yom v'alayla la yishbaisu. Says the Binyan Sion, you're bringing me a proof from there that it says Yom and then Laila, that before the Torah was given, the day came before the night. Says the Binyan Sion, every single Pasuk in the entire Tanakh says Yom and then Laila, even after the Torah was given. For instance, Vihigi Sabai, Yom and Laila. So you're going to bring a proof from the Pasuk, Vihigi Sabai, Yom that the day comes before the night? Of course not. We all know the night comes before the day. So don't try to bring me a, pa- a proof in the Pasuk in Noach that says, Yom lo that the day came before the night before the Torah was given. The day always comes before the night. In Chumash, in Navi, in Ksuvim. In fact, the Binyan Tzian says, there are only four Psukim in the entire Tanakh that say the night and then the day. You know what they are? Yeah, they're on your sheets. Number 40, 41, 42, and 43. It says in Devarim, You'll be afraid night and day. It says in Malachim Aleph that Hashem will guard the temple night and day. It says in Yirmiyah that He cried bitter tears night and day. And it says in Megillah Esther, They fasted Shloshes Yomim Laila Vayom. But everywhere else in Tanakh, it says morning and then evening. And of course that doesn't teach me the morning comes before evening. It's just, the morning is the main part of the day, that's when we accomplish. So therefore, says Abin Yansion, even before the Torah was given, first came night, and then came day. And then he even suggests the following. You know why in these four psukim it says the night before, the day before, the, uh, excuse me, the night before the day? Right. Because... In Pasuk number 40, when a person is afraid, when are you primarily afraid? Night During night. the night time. So it says the night first. When you're guarding something, when does it really need guarding? Shmira. Night the night time. When you're crying, when do people cry more? The night time. And by Esther, you know why it says, Because that's when they fasted. They started in the night, and then they, then they went to the day. But not because it's trying to teach you the order of anything. So the Binyan Sion concludes 
that even before the Torah was given, the night came before the day. Ah, why does the Torah say, Yoimam Valayla? That's how it talks. That's how it talks. Okay? So we have two opinions here. We have the opinion of the Hafla and the Emes Yaakov, that before the Torah was given, first came the day and then came the night. And we have the opinion of the Shasachivas bin Yansiyan, that from time immemorial it was night and then day. So why does the Torah say the day first? The day is, you know, the main time of activity. I would like to suggest a third approach. I'll throw it out, think about it, and uh, we'll conclude with that. <clears throat> and that is, maybe we could say, really, even before the Torah was given, first came the night, and then came the day, the way things have always been. But I'll give you the following analogy. And that is, when does the year start? Rosh Hashanah, right? Is Rosh Hashanah, is Tishrei the first month of the year? No. It's the seventh month of the year. So how do you understand that? How does the year begin on Rosh Hashanah, but the first month of the year is Nisan? Answer is, when you're counting years, you start Rosh Hashanah. When you're counting months, you start Nisan. So maybe we could say the same thing. When you're counting calendar dates, you start with the night and you end with the day. That's when you're counting calendar days. But if you want to know when the day begins, it begins in the morning. That's not a contradiction. The same way the year doesn't begin in the first month, the day doesn't begin necessarily in the beginning of the calendar date. I'll give you the following example. I'll give you the following halachic example. <coughs> Let's say when it comes to Birchas HaTorah. Let's say a person made Birchas HaTorah in the morning. Do you have to make Birchas HaTorah again in the night? We're learning now. Did you make Birchas HaTorah before we learned tonight? No. Why? Because I already made it in the morning. You made in the morning. How does it cover the night? It's a new calendar date. The answer is, it continues. But I have a question. Let's say you stay up all night and you don't go to sleep. Do you have to make Birchas HaTorah tomorrow morning? Yeah. Why? Because it's a new date. I mean, it's a new date. It's not a new date. If anything, I would say you should have to make a Birchas HaTorah in the nighttime, not in the morning. The answer is, maybe, that when you're dealing with calendar dates, it starts in the night. But if you want to know when the day begins, it begins in the morning. When you get up in the morning, you don't say, oh, a new half a day. You say it's a new day. You get up in the morning, it's a new day. So just because the calendar date switches in the evening, it's like the year switching at Rosh Hashanah, even though it's not a new month, the day switches in the night, even though it may not be a new day. I'll let you think about that. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful evening.